Hello, fellow story champions. My name is Simon Brooks. Welcome to Lindy Line, a story podcast. Here you will find old stories, some written by the likes of Kipling and Robert Louis Stevenson, the ancient folk and fairy tales retold for a modern audience of families, and original short stories that I have penned myself. I'll be telling some of the classic folk and fairy tales and some other stories you may not be familiar with. I will be taking you around the world with these tales. I grew up with my parents reading to me Edward Lear's work. Wonderful nonsense poetry. And I'm going to start today with The Jumblies. It's quite a long poem, so sit yourself down and see if you like nutty stuff as much as I do. The Jumblies. They went to sea in a sieve, they did. In a sieve they went to sea. In spite of all their friends could say, on a winter's morn, on a stormy day, in a sieve they went to sea. And when the sieve turned round and round, and everybody cried, you'll all be drowned, they cried aloud, our sieve ain't big, but we don't care a button, we don't care a fig, in a sieve we'll go to sea. Far and few, far and few, and the lands where the jumblies live, their heads are green and their hands are blue, and they went to sea in a sieve. They sailed away in a sieve, they did, in a sieve they sailed so fast, with only a beautiful pea-green veil tied with a ribbon by way of a sail to a small tobacco-pipe mast. And everyone said, who saw them go, Oh, won't they soon be upset, you know, for the sky is dark and the voyage is long, and happen what may, it's extremely wrong in a sieve to sail so fast. Far and few, far and few, are the lands where the jumblies live. Their heads are green, their hands are blue, and they went to sea in a sieve. The water it soon came in, it did, the water it soon came in. So to keep them dry they wrapped their feet in pinky paper or folded neat, and they fastened it down with a pin, and they passed the night in a crockery jar. And each of them said, How wise we are! Though the sky be dark and the voyage be long, yet we never can think that we are rush or wrong, while round in our sieve we spin. Far and few, far and few, are the lands where the jumblies live. Their heads are green, their hands are blue, and they went to sea in a sieve. And all night long they sailed away, and when the sun went down, they whistled and warbled a moony song to the echoing sound of a coppery gong in the shade of the mountains brown. Oh, Timbaloo, how happy we are! When we live in a sieve and a crockery jar, all night long in the moonlit pale, we sail away with a pea-green sail in the shadow of the mountains brown. Far and few, far and few are the lands where the jumblies live. Their heads are green and their hands are blue, and they went to sea in a sieve. They sailed to the western sea, they did, to a land all covered with trees, and they bought an owl and a useful cart and a pound of rice and a cranberry tart and a hive of silvery bees. And they bought a pig and some green jackdaws and a lovely monkey with lollipop paws and forty bottles of rink ree and no end of Stilton cheese. Far and few, far and few are the lands where the jumblies live. Their heads are green, their hands are blue and they went to sea in a sieve. 
And in 20 years they all came back, in 20 years or more, and everyone said how tall they've grown. For they've been to the lakes and the terrible zone and the hills of the clankly boar. And they drank their health and gave them a feast of dumplings made of beautiful yeast. And everyone said, if we only live, we too will go to the sea in a sieve, to the hills of the jankly boar. Far and few, far and few are the lands where the jumblies live. Their heads are green and their hands are blue, and they went to sea in a sieve. Edward Lear, The Jumblies I do like those sorts of stories. Do you like nonsense stories, nutty stories like that? If you were going to go to sea, what would you sail in? A sieve? Hmm. What would you use instead of a sieve? And who would you take with you? I might take Mo, my dog, but I'm not sure about the cat. She might have a problem going to sea. What do you think? Maybe she could keep an eye open for mice and rats on board whatever my sea vessel would be. Have you ever made a paper boat? They're fun to make, although they don't float for very long. It all depends on the paper you use. Newspaper sinks pretty quickly, but nicer printer paper will last a while. See if you can find instructions on how to make a paper boat and draw pictures of who you would like to sail away with and put those in the boat too. If there's no water nearby, no pond or lake, then try a bathtub or a large kitchen sink. Are you ready for another story? This one is about an owl and a raven. This story comes from Russia, in a place where everything is white. In the long, long, long-ago days, in the far, far north, everything was white. All the birds were white. All the trees were white. It was hard to see anything. It was so white. Owl and Raven lived there, and they were best of friends. They would sometimes hunt together, they'd sometimes fish together. But more often than not, you could see them next to each other, by a fire, keeping warm, sharing stories. It was on one such evening, when Raven was staring into the flames, flickering as they were, he saw a spark, which caused the fire to pop, which caused some soot from the fire to fall on the snow, and it created a pattern. He picked up one of the sticks and, and prodded the fire so that it did it again. Soot flew up into the air and landed in the snow, creating a pattern. Owl, look at this, uh, uh, the, the, the soot is making a pattern in the snow. I, I know, said Raven, I, I could paint you. I could put patterns on your wings. Would you like me to? Nobody knew why Raven thought of this, but he did. An owl liked the idea. Raven did some ideas in the snow first, and then started to paint with the stick on owl. He put dots here and lines there, a little shading here, a little shading there, and Raven discovered he had a talent, a talent for art. Everyone has a talent. Some people have talent for math. Some people have talent for English. Some people have talent for fashioning things out of clay. But Raven's talent was painting. First he painted the back of Owl's wings, 
and then he did his tail feathers, and then he did the back of Owl. He did Owl's face, putting little circles around his eyes. Dashes, dots, lines, swirls. It was beautiful. When he'd finished, front and back, Owl said to Raven, well, let, let me do you. Okay, said Raven. So Raven turned and spread his wings apart, and Owl began to paint. But as he painted with the soot on Raven's black feathers, he realised that he was a much finer artist than Raven would ever be. The patterns were intricate and detailed. They were gorgeous. They spoke volumes. Well, Owl looked at his own simple patterns of lines and dots and, and looked at the, the, the illustrations that he was painting onto Raven. And he thought to himself, Why should I make Raven look better than me? And so he turned Raven around so his back was to the fire. And Owl, with his huge wings, gave one swoop and all the ash and the soot rose up into the air, and Owl followed the soot rising into the air. He flew away from it, but when the soot came down, it covered Raven from the tip of his beak to the tip of his tail. Raven coughed and choked and wheezed. He shook his feathers out. His feathers were black. He looked at his chest. His chest was black. He, he twisted himself around and saw that his tail feathers were black. Every single part of him was black. Raven was furious. He looked around to see Owl and complained, Why did you do this to me? But Owl was gone. Raven called out for Owl. He called again and again and he looked up into the skies and he saw Owl flying away in the distance. He knew he'd never be able to catch him. He wanted to give him a piece of his mind. He went searching for Owl every day. But Owl, he always saw Raven coming from miles away, his black against the white. And Raven and Owl were never friends again. Owl began to hunt and work during the night and sleep during the day. And it's been like that from that day to this. Well, thanks for listening to Lindy Line, a story podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. By simply subscribing and telling your friends about this podcast will help. Also, please leave a review on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you found this, as it helps others also find great stories. Most podcasts have advertisers, but we don't. If you want to drop the price of a dog biscuit for Mo and the cost of a cup of tea for me, that would be lovely. It's hungry work here in the woods. You can also become a patron and pay as little as $1 for an episode for as much as you think it was worth. If you were to become a patron, then you can join me on patreon.com forward slash Simon Brooks. And there you'll get extra resources and outtakes. You might even see a photo or two of Mo, my wonderful rescue dog, and photographs of our adventures together. Hashtag in the woods with Mo. Once, when all creatures could understand one another, and the realm of magic was apparent as the swords worn, in those long-ago times when fire, air, land and water were treated with respect. I hope you enjoy today's stories. This is where my telling ends. <laughs>